In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Do you remember the good old days? Looking back at our lives, I think many of us, when we do look back, often picture them as simpler and our past much more manageable. Perhaps, though, if we lived through a tough childhood where there was chaos and suffering, we imagine that life should have been different for us so that it was simpler and more manageable. Either way, we try our best to look at our history, our own personal history. We look at it in a way so that we can lay claim to it and we can actually handle it. I think we look at the future in the same way also. Our attempts to hedge the unpredictability of life and the tension of life actually turn out to be ways of us just micromanaging our lives in a way that actually it then defines us. So we make plans, we set dates with the assumption that life is actually predictable and controllable. But it's at that time, in that moment, that something happens and it actually upends it all. Death, accidents, you name it. Something happens and we realize we're at the mercy of someone or something else. Israel has the same problem in Isaiah. Anytime life gets hectic for them, they complain and they wish that life was like the good old days. You see, at the time of Isaiah's prophecy, the Assyrian kingdom in the east was on the prowl, rising and standing at the doorstep of Israel, ready to invade. And Israel knew it. So Israel wished that life would just simply return to the good old days of when King David was king. Now the king at that time, King Ahaz, also saw the future in the same way, because in spite of God actually making a promise to him, King Ahaz decided... I think I'm going to make a deal with the king of Assyria. Because that's the life of politics, and I know the life of politics, and it's much more predictable. Give a little, take a little. Everything's going to turn out okay. So instead of turning to the light of God's promise, King Ahaz sees the darkness on the horizon and actually strikes a deal with it thinking that that is actually going to keep the darkness back. You see, King Ahaz realized, to his detriment, that relying on the light of God's promise is risky business, because it would require Israel to forego what they actually see on the horizon, that Assyrian kingdom charging. It would require Israel to actually look beyond that, 
look beyond the horizon to the fulfillment of God's promise of salvation. Even though life would say differently. You see, Israel, through King Ahaz, tried to control their future by making a deal with the darkness, but in the end, life turned out to be uncontrollable and unmanageable. Because guess what? The Assyrian kingdom invited anyways and took over. You see, the more Israel tried to direct their own lives by their own means, the more chaotic and the more uncontrollable life became for them. But our Lord's words tonight says, in spite of Israel's pride and disobedience, the light of God's promise would not be overtaken by the darkness on the horizon and the darkness that's in Israel's hearts. Because the final word would not be Israel's choice. No. Rather, tonight's word in the mouth of Isaiah, that would be the final word. The final word would be Messiah. The final word would be Jesus Christ, the one sent to have the government on his shoulders, wonderful counselor, prince of peace. So in tonight's reading, we see God's determination to save his own people at all cost, even at the cost of rejecting their rejection. All of us here tonight realize that Israel had nothing to fear. Their past of gloom and anguish, whether it be at their own hands or at the hands of foreign kings, would be actually reconciled. Their past would be reconciled with the present promise of Jesus Christ. With God on their side, Israel would receive their salvation, but only once their attempts to manipulate their own lives by ensuring the future would stop. Once they would stop doing that, they would receive their salvation. Israel would have to receive the hard final word that their salvation rests solely in the Messiah, in Jesus Christ. That is a hard final word because that means that for them and for us, all of life, all of their life is left in the hands of little baby. But such is the order of God's promise. You can't say to God, I can't give up control of my life and give it to a baby. Because how in the world can a baby manage my affairs? You can't say that to God because that baby is the light of the world. And it's the life of us all. There's no more attempting to control your own life. Whether it be hanging on to the past or managing the future, because all of it has to be given up to Jesus Christ, who's the final word? He's the final hard word because of all of our resentment, because all of our resentment, all of our 
miserable ways of controlling the future have to be turned over to him. They must be given over to Jesus. Because he is the light that scatters the darkness. And as Israel was given a promise beyond their own darkness of the Assyrian army in Jesus Christ, so are we given a promise beyond our own sinful lives in the same person, in Jesus Christ. You see, for Israel, as in tonight's reading, the conquest of Assyria would not be the final word in their history. Because Jesus Christ would be the final word. And you here tonight, whether your past be miserable or your future look bleak, your life will not be the final word either. Because the hard final word to the world's cruelty, to your sinful lives, and to the arrogance of our disobedience is actually Jesus Christ. That is the final word. The baby Jesus, the promised one, the innocence and the vulnerability of that light, the light of the world, actually swallows up the darkness and the evil and the sin of this world. And when that light, which requires to give us up, give up, requires us to give up everything, swallows up the darkness, swallows up the sin, swallows up our attempts to control life, when that light does that, it actually gives back to us forgiveness, life, and freedom. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.